0: like to welcome everybody that's joining us on YouTube this morning. Um, this is just one part of our service at City Temple. Uh, if you'd like to be a, a part of the whole thing via Zoom, just drop us an email at the email address there on your screen. Or you can join us in person from next Sunday. You can join us at the Chelsea Community Church uh, in uh, Chelsea, SW10 uh, 0LB. Uh, check out our website for more details. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to two places, Exodus chapter 3 and then Luke chapter 19. And before we read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is trustworthy and true and that through it you guide us, you speak to us. And I pray that you'd speak to us today. And I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me that I can bring your word to your people today boldly and faithfully, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, he said. And and he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. And then let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 19. We'll start with verse 28 down to verse 44. And after Jesus had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. May God bless to us this reading in his holy word well as we've uh, mentioned earlier today is quite a monumental day for us here at City Temple because this is the last Sunday service uh, Lord willing in this building before the building is redeveloped and uh, and I must admit I'm not too nostalgic about this building I mean after all City Temple and it's almost 400 years of history we've uh, met in at least 17 different buildings and This is the second iteration of this building on this site. Uh, The first, uh, the German Luftwaffe decided that we should remodel it back in the early 1940s. And so they helped with the demolition of it. And so we rebuilt. And now it's time to rebuild again. Uh, And so I'm not going to miss the building at all. Uh, I'm uh, ready for the new thing to come. After all, the church has been working on this thing Uh, the first call to redevelop this building came back in 1995 so for 27 years much longer than I've been here City Temple has been praying about and seeking the Lord about the redevelopment of this building and I think it's a really encouraging thing that all of this is coming about without us having to take out a loan without us having to beg people for money it's come by the grace of God and by the miraculous provision of God. You know, so I'm not uh, sad about it. I'm excited about it. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to see what God is going to do in us the next couple of years while we're out of this building because we're about, as a church, to enter a new season of City Temple, a season that the Lord told us back in 2008 would be called the season of multiplication. And so I'm looking forward to multiplication because I want to see not tens and not hundreds, but thousands of believers in Jesus here in London. And they're not going to be all a part of City Temple, but we want to have a hand in seeing God raise up many new churches and win many new people to Christ. And that's part of our calling, part of our destiny. And I'm looking forward to it. So as I've been reflecting, upon this time of transition, this time of change, I've been wondering how to think about how uh, City Temple is moving out of the building. I mean, I'm not too concerned about it. Back after World War II, City Temple was actually out of this building for 14 years before it was rebuilt. So thinking about being away for two years, when I put it in that context, I say, well, Uh, two or maybe three years is a fairly short time compared to the 14 years that we were out of the building after World War II before it was rebuilt. So, So I'm trying to to think about it and think about what God's doing and I know that we're not going to lose our place in the city of London. God has given us this land and actually the city of London has given us this land in perpetuity for the worship of God. So it's not only given us by God, but it's also by the city of London. So we're coming back to the land. So there's that promise there. uh, And we're not going to lose God's kingdom purposes. In fact, I'm very convinced that this whole time is part of God's kingdom purpose for us at City Temple. But I've been thinking, you know, how how do we talk about it biblically? And so first I'm thinking about it, and I thought, Oh, I know. I, I even had this a picture in my mind of this with you know uh, posters with this slogan on it. City temple in exile. <laughs> City temple in exile. Then I got to thinking, you know, that doesn't work. Because the Hebrew, uh, the, the Israel went into exile because of their sin and their idolatry. The fact that they had neglected God neglected his word, weren't worshiping God, and they were having all kinds of problems. And I started to think, well no, you know, we haven't engaged in idolatry, we've repented of our corporate sin, we've resolved our corporate spiritual issues under the leadership of the Holy Spirit Uh, quite a number of years ago, God took us through a pretty intensive process, and we've been listening to the Lord. Uh, And we already have God's favor upon us, and God's glory hasn't departed from us. So I thought, okay, exile, that's not the right language. So, okay. So, so thinking about other big words, you know, I thought, okay, it's not city, temple, and exile. How about the exodus of city, temple? My, see here on my voice just got deep then. The exodus of city, temple. I thought, Okay. That's, you know, that's not that's not too bad, the exodus there. But then I got thinking, no, that doesn't work either because we're already on our promised land. We already have the land that the Lord God has given us. Uh, God has already given us this land. We're not going to be wandering in the wilderness. I mean, nobody calls Chelsea the wilderness, right? You know, that'd be like, You know, going to the the palace or something like that, you know. So we're not going to be wandering in the wilderness. We're wandering in Chelsea, the opposite of wilderness. So, and, you know, we've already seen the giants in this land. We've already seen the giants in the land, and we're not afraid of them. Because, not because we're bigger than they are, it's because God, who stands behind us, is bigger than they are. You know, I see a giant, I just point to Jesus, you know. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about it too much From that. So, you know, there's no giants in the land here uh, to deal with. We're not afraid of that. God's already given us his provision. So it's not like we're going to be living off manna uh, or quail uh, because God's already providing for us, and he's done it quite miraculously. And then, so, you know, with the exile and the exodus out, I suddenly realized there's no more words in the Bible that start with E-X that means a trip so it kind of messed me up I didn't know what to do exactly Uh, and so but we are going on a journey it is a journey that we're going on Uh, and the journey is going to have some hardships and we're going to be tested it's not something that's going to be easy the journey is going to involve miracles I'm convinced of that and we will certainly have to follow God's direction hopefully not by a pillar of fire by night, because the Chelsea church is flammable. So, but we will follow God's direction in all of this. Uh, And we definitely need his presence to go with us, just like God promised with the exodus. Uh, So as I reflected, I began to realize that our journey will resemble two other journeys that are there in the Bible two other journeys that we can see and two other journeys that we read about today the first journey is a round trip I like that because we're going on a round trip the round trip from Mount Horeb to Mount Horeb the mountain of God this is Moses's round trip and so we read that story we all know the story of Moses and the burning bush and I think that City Temple's journey, City Temple's round trip, is going to be a bit like Moses' round trip. From the burning bush on Horeb to Egypt, and then back to worship God on Mount Horeb. And it's such a great story. So what's Moses doing? Remember, he fled Egypt. He's about 40 years old. This is about 40 years later. Okay, so the guy's 80 years old. Makes me feel like a spring chicken now. Uh, you know, and so this man's ministry has not started until he's 80. I mean, that's, a, that's incredible. So there's hope for all of us. And so he's, he's 40 years old. He's tending his father-in-law's flock. He's married there, has some kids, tending his father-in-law's flock. And there's this burning bush. And he looks at the burning bush, and notice what he does. He says, I'm going to come aside to see what's happening. Now Moses had a choice there. He could have said, well, okay, burning bush, big deal. I've seen fires all the time. I need to go catch the sheep. But he didn't do that. He came aside, and only when he came aside did God say, okay, now I'm going to talk to him. If Moses would have wandered on, God knows, and only God knows, exactly what God would have done because he was determined to deliver his people so he comes aside and he, and he and moses says okay who are you and he says well i'm god and the god of your father abraham isaac and jacob and uh, i want you to go to egypt and i want you to set my people free uh, we know all that story and then and then moses is like okay uh, what's the proof i mean okay you're god there's a burning bush all of this is good but uh, moses is thinking i really would like a sign that this is really God and what God wants to do. And God says, well, that's great, because this is your sign. When you do everything I tell you to do, you'll come back here and worship me on this mountain. Now, I don't know if you guys get this, but I always laugh at this. Back, uh, Karen started a preschool about 30 years ago. It was a teaching preschool for a local university, uh, actually. And uh, and I saw her with kids. I mean, just do some amazing things with young children, just amazing things. She's one of the most gifted children's people I ever I've ever known. And it's good I've met I've married her. But uh, with that, and I remember one time, she was she was with 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 one of the kids who wasn't really wanting to cooperate with their responsibility. And she said to the child, she said, "Let's make a deal." And the child goes, OK, OK, let's make a deal. OK, OK, you do the dishes. OK, OK. And the kid runs and do the, does the dishes. And I'm thinking, kid, that's not a deal. You know, a deal is where you get something out of it. And she would, and the kid went. And I'm thinking this, I want to yell at Moses. Moses, that's not a sign. You know, I would be saying, God, uh, a nice uh, uh, BMW. That would be good, you know. Get me there. Uh, A flock of uh, camels or whatever they are called. Flock, herd, uh, a bunch of them. I want a bunch of them. You know, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. And and God says, no, Moses, when when you do everything, you're going to worship me back on this mountain. And I think so much about how that applies to us. I mean, Moses was confused, he was uncomfortable, he felt inadequate, he experienced anxiety, and he probably had quite a few doubts. You know, we're gonna go through those same kinds of things. I know a lot of times, you know, why Chelsea? Why are you sending us over there? There's so many questions. Moses had no guarantees. There are absolutely no guarantees that the outcomes would be what he thought they would be or what God seemed to promise. Moses faced many spiritual battles. He had to face up against Pharaoh, the most powerful king of the time. He had to face up against Pharaoh's magicians. And Moses had to deal with a lot of stiff-necked, stubborn people amongst the Hebrews. Now, I thank God that City Temple I I thank God that City Temple is not filled with stiff-necked, stubborn people. Can I get a hallelujah? You know, so it's not going to be all the same. uh, You know, but uh, but Moses saw God do a lot of miracles along the way, and he gathered people. He gathered people together, a bunch of people to go along for the journey. His goal was nothing less than seeing God's people set free and delivered into God's kingdom purposes. And our goal is nothing less than seeing people set free and delivered into God's kingdom purposes. All God all Moses had was God's promise that when he'd done everything, he'd worship God once again back on that mountain. And I think all we have right now is God's promise that after we've done everything, we'll be back in this building to worship the Lord in glory, having seen God do amazing things in our midst. And so that's the round trip journey from Mount Horeb to Mount Horeb. And I think that's partly our journey here at City Temple. I also think that our journey here at City Temple is the one-way trip of the triumphal entry to the cross. We're we're triumphing right now. We're excited about what God is doing. We're excited about God's provision. But in one sense, God is going to take us to the place of the cross. And Jesus knew that. It's like Jesus' triumphal entry where he knew what was going to happen his triumphal entry into Jerusalem that led to the cross now Jesus rode into Jerusalem in fulfillment of prophecy even as we're going forth in fulfillment of prophecy here Jesus rode on a donkey it was a resource provided by strangers and all of what God is doing in providing for us he's providing for us through strangers and through people who don't love Jesus. But he's providing for us. I always, does that ever strike you when you read that story? You know, Jesus said, hey, go on, go down, go along ahead. You're going to find a, a donkey, a colt, uh, that's never been ridden on. It's tied up. Just untie it and bring it to me. And if somebody asks you, what are you doing? Uh, just uh, just uh, tell them the Lord needs it. I mean, I tell you, if I leave this building today and somebody walks up to me and says, hey, give me the keys to your car, the Lord needs it, I'm going to say no. (laughs) You know, I just, I look at that and the people do it. It's just really extraordinary to me, all that happens there. But Jesus rode in on this donkey provided by strangers. Jesus rode in humility. You know, we're not going from strength to strength, we're we're coming from a place of humility. We don't have a a huge church. We don't have a lot of resources, but we have a big God. And our God has been providing for us. Nobody but Jesus really understood what was happening and what the future held. And let me tell you right now, for us, nobody but Jesus understands what's really going on and what the future holds. I think he's given us some insights and some clues, but we don't know for sure we don't know what's gonna happen people were excited to see God's mighty works but what happened was not what people expected and we're gonna be excited to see God's mighty works and I think God's gonna exceed our expectations in some very startling ways And I look forward to see how that will manifest now some people were critical and refused to see what was going on, and refused to understand. But just like the stiff-necked, stubborn people in Moses' journey, I'm glad that we don't have any of those people here at City Temple. You weren't excited about that as much as you were about the other one. So, But anyway, uh, some denied Jesus, and listen, others abandoned Jesus on the journey because it was too difficult. Let me tell you, here is a church, many of you know, Over the last few years, we've had some deny us, some abandon us, some walk away, and that's okay. We don't hold any grudge against anybody. We bless them. We bless them, but we're sad that they've done that. But we know that God is going to keep us together and keep us faithful. And many people failed or refused to recognize what was happening in Jesus as the time of their visitation from God and we must not fail to understand that what's happening in us is a time of visitation from God for City Temple and for everybody connected with us it's a time of our visitation and we have to understand that this journey we're on proceeds all the way to the cross And the cross is not a piece of jewelry, it's a place of death. It was a place that looked like total defeat and destruction. It was a place of difficulty and challenge. But it was a place that is the key to our salvation and provides the hope of resurrection. And so the journey we're on is going to take us all to the cross once again. But that's the key to our salvation and the hope for the resurrection, not only of us individually, but of city temple corporately. So we have a two-fold journey from God. One is a round trip from Mount Horeb to Mount Horeb or from city temple that's not sitting on a mountain to city temple that won't be sitting on a mountain. Although the new sanctuary will be higher so it will feel like a mountain and we're also on this one-way trip that takes us down to the cross so we need to know how do we travel this journey and by the way this is true whatever journey you're on in your own personal life these things will apply to you as well not only to us at City Temple but also to everyone listening to this message How do we travel on the journey? And how we travel on this journey makes all the difference as to whether we reach our destination, whether we make it through the cross and into the resurrection. So knowing how to travel on the journey together and choosing to do it is absolutely essential for us. So how do we do it? Number one, we obey God in everything. We obey God. And you know, it's not that difficult. Well, okay, sometimes it's difficult. But it's not that complicated. You just do what God tells you to do. Now, I can guarantee you that if God had told me 23 years ago what I would go through in London, what would happen to me here in London, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have said, God, can I do something else, please? I might have been tempted to be like Jonah and jump on a ship to go someplace else, which is really hard in the middle of the United States where there isn't any ocean. But what I did do was obey God in what God told me to do in terms of the next step. And we must obey God obedience is key to victory in every area of your life as well as the journey that you're on and your obedience is not just about what you do in terms of your actions but it's even about what you think it's like paul says second corinthians 10 he says we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey Christ so every thought that comes into your mind must be taken to obey Jesus and if you obey Jesus in your thoughts you'll start to obey Jesus in your feelings and you'll start to obey Jesus in what you do but we have to obey Jesus and it's the only way to get to the end of the journey sadly I have seen Christians wander in their own personal wilderness for decades simply because they refuse to obey Jesus. I've seen Christians take the easy way rather than the hard way and end up taking the long way rather than the short way because they refuse to obey Jesus. So we have to obey Jesus. The second thing on this journey together we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to ourselves. It's like Jesus Jesus said in John 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life in this world, oh, excuse me, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, what this means in part is that you have to die to your own preferences and your own desires, to your own comfort, to your own convenience, to sometimes what you think is right or what you would rather do. You have to be willing to sacrifice that to kill it in order for something else to grow out of it. And that's essential. Otherwise, we won't make it. We won't make it. The third thing, if we're going to travel on this journey together and travel it well, we need to travel light. We need to travel light. As uh, the writer of Hebrews says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God has been emptying us out as a church. He's been emptying us out so we can travel well. He's been stripping us down so he can reclothe us. He's been taking out everything within so he can refill it with good. And he's been doing that to us physically in terms of the building, but also in terms of the people who are connected with us, uh, in, in terms of the ministries that we do. God's taking it all away so he can replace it so we have to travel light we have to lay aside every weight everything that holds us down and especially any sin that clings closely in order to travel on this journey otherwise we will wear out the next thing we need to do is stick together we have to stick together the writer to the Hebrews again in chapter 10 let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near." We have to stick together. We have to spend time together as much as we can. We need to hang out with one another. We need to stick together because it's absolutely essential. We don't want any stragglers we don't want anyone to get lost we want to go on the journey together now it's been one of the amazing things to me with all the lockdowns you might remember there were a lot of people during the lockdowns a lot of Christians that were complaining because the churches were closed you know how could you do that how could churches do that and it's been really striking to me that post lockdown that many of those very people that were complaining very uh, Uh, vociferously on social media and the like about the lockdowns haven't darkened the doors of a church yet. They're not coming back together. But the Lord says stick together. Or in the words of Ben Franklin uh, back in the American Revolution, we must hang together or we most assuredly will all hang separately. So we need to do it. stick together the next thing we need to do on this journey that we're on we need to trust God's grace and God's favor no matter the circumstances especially when the circumstances seem to be going against you man I how many times in the last few years have we thought the circumstances were going against us I remember back in, in the end of 2017 The the builders were supposed to start work in January of 2018. And then after we got approval from the planning committee of the City of London, unanimous approval, which was a miraculous, miracle in and of itself, the builders just went silent. And they didn't really speak to us for like six months. And I was so angry, and I was so frustrated. And and we just, oh man, we ranted and raved and did all these kinds of things. But you know what, if they would have started in January 2018 they would have finished in January of 2020 just in time for us to go into a lockdown with no money left which most certainly would have meant the end of City Temple so you can't judge anything based on the circumstances you gotta follow the Lord you gotta trust God's grace and favor on your life it's what Paul says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. This is Paul. He was like, I want to die. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him we set our hope that he will deliver us again and by God's grace and favor we know he will deliver us again and the final thing that we need to do as we travel together on this journey in order to make it through and again all of these is for anybody who's going through transition anyone going on a journey in their life and in a sense we're all going on lifelong journeys as well the last thing and maybe in some respects it's the first thing is to do what Moses did come aside to worship God Moses said I will turn aside to see this great sight and why the bush is not burned and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called to him out of the bush Moses Moses and he said here I am and from there the journey commenced God is telling us that we need to come aside we need to come aside and worship the Lord we need to come aside and see the Lord we need to come aside all along the journey not just at the beginning of the journey but every little bit Along the way, we need to come aside and seek the Lord. Come aside and worship God. And that's what we're going to be doing. In a sense, we are traveling into new territory, a city temple. You know, those of us that are here have not been this way before. And I'm a little nervous about it. I would be lying to say I wasn't. I don't know what's going to happen. I'd be lying to say I did. (laughs) But I know God's on the throne, and that's no lie. And I know God's favor is upon us, and that's the truth. We need to release everything we thought we knew and reset our instincts. Reset our reactions and set our minds on God and keep our focus on Jesus Christ, who will be leading us every step along this journey. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much. We love you, we worship you, we adore you. And we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have done in our lives in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the journey that you put us on. A journey that in many respects started almost 400 years ago when this church was founded. A journey that has continued in many respects across the centuries. A journey that even from the time the city temple has been on this site has happened in various forms at various times yet a journey that is new to us thank you for sending us on this journey thank you for the promise that it is a round-trip journey that we're coming from our promised land and we'll return to this mountain and we'll worship god in this place and thank you for this one-way journey down to the cross of christ Thank you for this opportunity for us as a church to demonstrate that we will not love our lives even to the point of death for this opportunity to demonstrate as a church that this church and everything we own belongs to jesus thank you for this opportunity to demonstrate as a church that we are willing to allow ourselves to die be planted in the ground so that something new and beautiful and fresh and amazing might grow up here in this place. Thank you for this journey to the cross because we know, we know, we know that it leads to the empty tomb and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray all these things through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord, shall we?